Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, thank you so much uh, for making this possible. Thank you for blessing our brethren out there and giving these prophetic words to them to encourage them and to know the way. Thank you so much, Father. Amen. Okay, we're going to call this Refuge and Provision for Man, Child, and Bride. And uh, this first revelation was given to Samuel Fire, and we called it Money Out of the Fish's Mouth. So God can provide anywhere, Candy. I dreamed that my wife, Tiana, and I were in a hotel, a type of a church body, as in Ephesians 2, 19-22. So then, you are no more strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom each several building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also builded together for habitation of God in the Spirit. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, saints, with um, people who love the Word of God and are holding fast to it. Okay? We are builded together. Looking down out of the window from the top story to the parking lot, there were heaps of cars lined up, and ours was at the very back. Well, the top story represents maturity in uh, dwelling in heavenly places in Christ. And Samuel's vehicle uh, being at the back of the parking lot represents humility and that the last shall be first. We were at this hotel for a fishing competition. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 19, and he saith unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. We had a very large blue bag, but no fishing rods. This represents spiritually catching people through heavenly methods. He said we left early. We left really early in the morning for the competition before everyone else left. Well, this represents the first fruits going out into the wilderness on the morning of the first day. The scene changed and we were in the back of a boat out in the middle of open water and no land within sight. There were two other men in front. I never saw their faces or spoke to them in the dream. They were looking out towards the water fishing but without rods. 
Well, these two men represent either the man-child reformers, either of the man-child reformers. Um, And he went on to say, I saw in the water what looked like a soccer ball-shaped jellyfish with a beak like a parrot. I believe this is representing the faction whose mouth are predatory and unruly. I reached out to grab the jellyfish, but Tiana said, Don't. They have stingers. Representing factious people with spirits of rejection who are porcupine Christians. They will sting you if you try to corner them because of their fragile egos uh, represented by the jellyfish. In Proverbs six sixteen through 19 says, There are six things which the Lord hateth, yea, seven which are an abomination unto him, haughty eyes, a lying spirit, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked purposes, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness that uttereth lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Amen. So, I didn't touch it. I felt this was distracting us from catching the competition uh, prize fish. That's probably representing the factious uh, faction's distraction, which is always an attempt to destroy those coming to Christ. Amen. Uh, not long after, the grand prize fish just swam up next to me. And without any effort, I just picked it up and brought it into the boat. We looked into the fish's mouth, and it had a giant gold coin, a little bigger than the size of the palm of my hand. He had won the competition. Well, this was not man's effort, was it? It was God's work. And, of course, what Jesus showed by the coin in the mouth of the fish was it's not man's work. God's provision is always there wherever you go. Matthew 17 and 27 says, But lest we cause them to stumble, uh, go thou to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a shekel. Uh, take that and give it unto them for me and thee. Amen. Well, in the next scene, we were back at the hotel looking out the window from the upper room, and many other cars started driving into the parking lot. They came back late after us. I saw them unpacking their cars, and I saw that they had a big blue bag like ours. However, our bag was branded, uh, but theirs was uh, the cheap imitation of ours. And I said to Tiana, look, if we hadn't gone early in the morning, they would have gotten the prize fish instead of us. Now, amen. That's <laughs> That tells us what the Lord really wants puts, wants us to put first, right? Um, the Great Commission. These others with the false imitation blue bags represent those trapped in apostate religion. They are strangers. 
in bondage to their legalistic doctrines that won't catch fish for the kingdom. They're They're just spectators. Almost all of them are. So Matthew seventeen twenty four through 26 says, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received the half shekel came to Peter and said, Doth not your teacher pay the half shekel? And he saith, Yea. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke first to him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, the kings of the earth, from whom do they receive toll or tribute? Well, from their sons, or from strangers. And when he said, From strangers, Jesus said unto him, Therefore the sons are free. So, but, of course, we do not want them to stumble, right? And so that's why he sent them out to go ahead and cooperate with the system, right? Well, uh, we found out that we had won the competition and that we had also won a fancy, expensive house. And they wanted us to go visit it. So we drove straight away to the house, and we got there at around sunset. The house was a giant three-story fancy house located on the very top of a mountain. You could walk around on the decks and have a 360-degree view and see everything all around, all the way to the beach. And it was overlooking everyone else. Well, I believe this represents the house of David on the top of Mount Zion, the bride. And the bride is Jesus' prize, and he will rule over Mount Zion through the man-child reformers. And Revelation 21 and 2 says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. So the bride is born from above. Amen. As Jesus said to the leaders of the apostate church, you are from below. I am from above. Well, the house was located on the Gold Coast, Queensland. Well, I think this is a play on words regarding the gold coin from the prize catch. And Queensland is representing Mount Zion, the bride. The house had many rooms and the best quality of everything. It had patios, skylights, and fancy furniture, and the the top-of-the-line appliances and built-in fireplaces, uh, pool tables, a pool. It had all the fancy, expensive things. It had a stone fireplace, which we really liked. It had automatic blinds. Every room had a king-size bed and a spa in every bathroom. It was a multi-million dollar home. And after seeing the house, Tian and I looked at each other and said, uh, let's sell it for the kingdom. Uh, we don't need it. We only want a tiny, simple home. Tiana agreed. The lady showing us the house suggested that we rent it out. And we said, no, we don't personally need or want all that money. And then I woke up. Well, uh, Jesus said in Luke 18 and 22, when Jesus heard it, he said unto him, Sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me.
In Matthew thirteen forty four through 46, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hidden in the field, which is the world, right? Which a man found and hid, and in his joy he goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. So, we, the kingdom of heaven is the utmost importance right now. Uh, material prosperity, uh, even though all provision will be given to the bride and the man-child to do the work, material prosperity is not necessary. It is many times a distraction. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a merchant seeking goodly pearls, and having found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. In other words, just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Amen. This one's called The Bride's Mansion. It was given to Anna Stewart on February the 10th, 2023. And first I'd like to point out that Eve is being used in this dream to represent the bride body because of her name. Eve was the bride of the first Adam, and she represents the corporate bride of the last Adam, Jesus, the father of the new creation. Amen. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-two through 49 says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Much more important, but you need the natural life to found things on, right? Uh, Howbeit that is not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is of heaven. So you must be born from above, right? As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And that is why we must be born again from above, spirit, soul, and ultimately body. Amen. I dreamed that local UBM was gathered at Eve's house for fellowship. Well, Eve representing the bride, that would be normal. Uh, Hebrews ten nineteen through 25 says this, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the way which he dedicated for us a new and living way through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in fullness of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and having our body washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope that it waver not, for he is faithful that promised. 
This is probably the biggest problem in all of Christianity is people not holding fast the confession of the Word of God till they see it come to pass. Uh, faith is the victory that overcomes the world, and that means your flesh too, right? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking our own assembling together as the custom of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day dawning nigh. I was surprised to see that now she lived in an enormous mansion. Well, this is a corporate mansion for the corporate bride and speaks of the beauty of the natural life of the holy people. God's going to bless the bride in the times to come, and there will be a great abundance of provision during the wilderness tribulation so that the needs of his elect can be met. I thought that it was uh, my childhood house that someone had flipped and remodeled. Uh, However, now it was nothing like my old, small childhood home. Well, this is speaking of growing to maturity from the house of the child to the house of the bride. Isaiah 54, 1-3 says, Sing, O barren, Thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, Thou that didst not travail with child, or bear fruit, right? For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt spread abroad on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall possess the nations, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Yep, um, the church, Israel, has been destroyed through apostate leaders and taken into captivity to Babylonish ways. But the Lord is going to restore in these days. He has some reformers coming to help. Each room was huge with just a few quality furnishings in each room, giving it a spacious, beautiful feel. I walked through the house admiring each room, getting more excited as I discovered more. There was a huge master bathroom on the left of the house, but Eve's personal master bath was on the right. Well, sanctification um, is large in the lives of those who uh, are in the first fruits, the bride body. Uh, This is their only focus who wash on the right. I mean, sanctification is of utmost importance We can't give away what we don't have, right? Well, there was an entire spa in her bathroom, and I remember thinking this is a lot of space for one person, but if anyone deserves it, it would be Eve. Well, the bride has gone through much crucifixion at the hands of the factious Judases to come to this sanctification, and God is going to bless them abundantly. 
As we know, Esther went and lived in the king's house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, Isaiah 54, um, 11 through 17 says, O thou afflicted and tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will set thy stones in fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires, and I will make thy pinnacles of rubies, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy border of precious stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they may gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall because of thee. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the fire of coals and bringeth forth a weapon for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness which is of me, saith the Lord. So, praise you, Father. Thank you so much. Um, you are in control of even the wicked. And you use them, of course, for a crucifixion for the righteous. Okay, Tiana Fire got this, twelve fifteen twenty two. An Abundance of Provision for the Bride. This was number one. I dreamt that Samuel and I were in a restaurant. And I believe this is, means partaking of the spiritual food of the unleavened bread of the Word of God. Inside there was a machine, and when you pressed a button, it would create a random number. If someone got the correct numbers, they would win money. Each member, um, she said, of Christ has been given a measure of faith. And when applied, they are gifted with spiritual giftings for their kingdom's service. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11. And this is in the NENT. And, of course, elsewhere they like to use the NENT. I do, too. It's good. Now, there were uh, diversities of gifts, but uh, the same Spirit. And there were diversities of ministrations and the same Lord. And there are diversities of workings, but the same God who worketh all the things in all. But to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit to profit. For to one is given through the Spirit a word of wisdom, and to another a word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith in the same Spirit, and to another giftings of healings in the one Spirit and to another workings of powers, and to another prophecy, and to another discernings of spirits, to another kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh the one and the same Spirit, dividing to each severally, even as he willeth. Okay, 
Amen. So everyone in the restaurant had a go with this machine, and then I had a go, and it landed on the exact winning numbers for me. The The money prize was a million five hundred and fifty thousand. And uh asked Father God, uh, and you shall receive, she said. Matthew 7 and 7, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, Strong's Greek, uh, number 155, is itema, from iteo, a thing asked, or abstractly an asking, a petition, a request. And Esther 5 and 3 says, Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be given thee, even to the half of the kingdom. In other words, you will be a joint heir with the king of kings. (laughs) Wow. You know, and uh, not everybody is a joint heir because they're not partaking of their inheritance, right? But, he tells the queen, ask whatever you will. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, it shall be done unto you, the Lord said. We were very excited and wanted to entrust it to David Eels to give to the body of Christ for the kingdom of heaven. Well, I think the David man-childs are apostolic like their Lord and uh we're going to back we're going back to the book of acts communal living and equality acts 4 and 34 on down says for neither was there among them any that lacked for as many as were professor, uh, possessors of lands or houses sold them and bought the prices and the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles feet that's where i was going with that and distribution was made unto each according as any one had need. So this was a a way to live communally but meet everyone's need. And that's coming. It's going to have to be, by the way. The beast is making war from without. And uh, she says, Ephesians 4 and 12, For the perfecting of the saints unto the work of ministry, unto the building up of the body of Christ. And also, 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, For even as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so also is the Christ. Amen. And she said, David was living in a special secret place, and because we hadn't been there before, we didn't know where to go. Hmm. Well, I believe that they are hidden in the Psalm 91 secret place of the Most High, which is abiding in Christ. Uh, I'm being used in this dream to represent the David man-child reformers because of my name. And like the first disciples, they didn't know the way to go. And they gave John fourteen four through 6. And whither I go, you know the way. 
Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. I know we the way. <laughs> and Jesus saith unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus was more than a sacrifice. He was a demonstration of the way, uh, the way of holiness. Amen. So Jesus manifested in the David men, child reformers, will show God's elect the mystery in Colossians 1 and 26, even the mystery which hath been hid for ages and generations. But now hath it been manifested to his saints, to whom God was pleased to make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Many don't have that hope. They don't believe it's a possibility. But when God says something, he means it. That's why the church isn't growing up, is they've got all these preachers who have no hope of manifesting the righteousness of Christ in them, and so they can't pass it on to the brethren. So we prayed, and then we were translated to a place of refuge. Wow, that, that easy, huh? <laughs> there were mostly trees and some grassy open areas and a beach in the surrounding area. We went over into this big yellowish-colored building that was an open living plan, like a library. Well, the building in the refuge is yellow because it is the color of the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N. It is like a library because those in the building study the book of Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. Amen. A book is not a good teaching book unless it's full of the Word of God and just puts the teachings of the Word of God together. That's what we need to do. Nobody can teach it better than the originals. <laughs> Amen. There were uh, different sections. There was a section which had many racks of clothing for men and women and shoes and hats and everything for covering. There were so many different options. Well, the clothing here represents doing the works of Christ. But need I say that men should wear men's clothing and women women's clothing? Because of what the clothing represents here. Romans 13 and 14 says, But put ye on, that's clothing, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's talking about his actions, right? His works. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. In Revelation 19 and 8, And it was given unto her, that is the bride, that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Some people say we can't walk that way, righteous and pure. Well, they don't know the gospel. They are not a believer in the good news of the gospel. There were items for all needs. Father supplies all when we store up our treasures in heaven. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by meeting the needs of others and the harvest. Amen. 
In Philippians 4.19, she says, And my God shall supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yes. And I might add, uh, Matthew 6.25-33, Therefore I say unto you, Be not anxious for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the food, and the body than raiment? Behold, the birds of the heaven, that they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are not ye of much more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit unto the measure of his life? And why are you anxious concerning raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. (laughs) But if God doth so clothe the grass of the field, which which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you? And, of course, we're talking in spiritual terms also, putting on the works and the acts of Jesus Christ, right? O ye of little faith, be not therefore anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, glory to God. We believe it. Thank you, Lord. There was another section for books, which were all spiritual, and biblical books. You know, you don't need to read things that don't have eternal value. You're, you're uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So why waste time on things when it's so late in the in the the time scale, right? Uh, get filled with the word, right? So the word is preserved always, available in various format to be eaten, and there was another section for all household needs and many other things. There was a section that had fruits and freshly made pastries for snacks, but no kitchen. There was a section of couches to sit on and rest. This building had everything anyone could need, and everything in it was free. Well, amen, that's the way it is in the kingdom. It's not that way in the world. God rebuked them for buying and selling when they should have been giving and receiving which has an eternal reward. Okay. Isaiah 55, 1-2 Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And I might add to that... Um, Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus gave that command. And those who charge are out of order. 
these don't have any faith at all. They need to, they uh, compel people through law and legalism to support their little kingdom, but you can see it's not God's kingdom. Okay. So those who charge are just out of order. We give of uh, uh, what we do give is we give our old life for our new life. Jesus said, "It's no cost in physical things, you know." So every day we live the crucified life in order to have His life. And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which you which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Amen. He said, we walked around the island and found another small green store. We went in, and a man greeted us and knew our names and said he had been waiting for us. We had never seen him before, so we weren't sure how he knew us. Well, I believe he probably represents the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but the saints of God know one another after the Spirit anyway, right? So this building had many tanks of fish. It was like a pet store, but there were no cats or dogs, but only fish. And they were all free. Well, um, fish are for those who are fishers of men. And uh, Matthew 4 and 19, And he saith unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. I agree. And behind the, the part where the fish were, it looked like the man lived in the back of the store as there was a bed and a toilet. The man said he wanted to show us around the area. He was so very friendly, gentle, and sweet. So we got on motorbikes and followed the man to another part of the island. We drove past an area that had fruit trees and vegetables and wheat growing. Well, we know that uh, this represents the fruits of the Spirit born out of the saints that lived there and um, and are growing in the, the uh, fruits of the Spirit. There were other buildings on the island, and we drove over to all these wooden cabins. Okay, sounds kind of like the wilderness, right? Some of them were small and others a bit larger, and some of the cabins were higher off the ground. Well, I'll just to add to this, log cabins form cross shapes at every corner and represent a tabernacle that is built upon a crucified life. Luke 9 and 23 through 25 says, And he said unto all, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever would save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. There you go. We do give something to have the life of Christ, and it is the old life. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose or forfeit his soul? 
She went on to say there were at least two rows of about 20 cabins. Uh, well, 2 times 20 equals 40, which represents the wilderness tribulation, as the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years, and Jesus tested uh, in the wilderness was, was for 40 days. So we got off the bikes in the middle of the two rows. On the other side, a little further away, there were more rows of cabins. The man said that they have many brethren come in and stay here. Listen to what he said. Some stay in these cabins a short time, some a long time, and some permanently. Well, I think that this is saying uh, the ones who stay in the crucified life permanently represent those who have endured to the end to be saved. Matthew 10.22 says, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved. Or this represents those who bear fruit. 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Matthew 13 and 23 says, And he that was sown upon the good ground, that is the humble ground, to receive the seed, right? This is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, who verily beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Well, the man said that we will have our own studio house building in a different part of the island. Well, I believe the Lord has told me that we will have our own studio in a quiet building to make videos and broadcast and telecast programs, but I have not told others this. So this is, of course, revealing something. Uh, they want to say we told the man that we wanted to speak with Mr. Eels, and he told us the location of David's house, which was on the other side of the island. Well, this is true, too, I believe. <laughs> I won't uh, enumerate that. We thanked the man, and he let us keep the bikes. Well, bikes require balance and forward movement to stay erect. And uh, and make progress, right? So that really speaks about your life. He told us we can speak with him any time. I believe it's representing the Holy Spirit. And if we ever need anything, he will help us. Again, the Holy Spirit. And he is usually always at the fish store, representing the place of evangelism. Remember the Great Commission that uh, the Holy Spirit through Jesus spoke about? I felt that there was another area of the island that was like a large dining room where everyone stayed in the cabins would all eat together. Yep, that's very scriptural. Uh, you are what you eat spiritually and um when we all partake of the Word of God, which is Jesus, we become united with Him and each other. First Corinthians ten sixteen through 17 
The cup of blessings which we bless, is it not a communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not a communion of the body of Christ? Communion means having in common, right? Seeing that we who are many are one bread and one body, for we are all we all partake of the one bread, which is Jesus Christ, right? We are the body of Christ and we partake of the one bread, right? So we got on the bikes and drove to another area of the island, and we arrived at this sky-blue house. Uh, I believe this represents the house of David in, heavenly, in the heavenly house on top of Mount Zion. We knocked on the door, and David opened it and invited us in. We walked inside and looked around. The house designed was uh, an open plan or a studio. David's house was the only building that I saw uh, a kitchen in. Well, the kitchen represents the preparation of spiritual food given uh, in the gift of teaching, right? Uh, and I, I would like to add that David represents the David man-child reformers in whom Jesus lives by his spirit and word these will be our guides through the wilderness tribulation as Moses was. Um, the first yellow building, the pet shop, and the cabins didn't have any kitchens, just beds and toilets. That means they're not preparing their own food. They're accepting the food that God is preparing for them, right? So these buildings represented the journey towards sanctification and and resting from our own works, represented by the beds, and getting rid of waste in our lives, represented by the toilets. And the yellow library is where we are introduced to and invited to study the Word uh, of the Son, right? The, the fish store is where we learn to evangelize and become fishers of men by sharing the good news of the gospel that is learned in the Sunshine Library, right? And again, the cabins represent our crucified lives in our personal wilderness trials where we bear the fruit of Christ 30, 60, and 100-fold. Don't forget the three-quarters of the people who fell away. This is the one that bore fruit in the parable of the sower. Amen. And they give this verse, uh, Hebrews five twelve through 13. For when by reason of time you ought to be teachers, you have need again that someone teach you the rudiments of the beginning of the oracles of God and are become such as need milk and not solid food. For everyone that partaketh of milk is inexperienced in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And First Peter 2 and 2, As newborn babes long for the reasonable, guileless milk, that you may grow thereby unto salvation. N-E-N-T. So, in the center of the house, in between the bed and the kitchen, was this giant spa bath about four times bigger than a normal bathroom spa bath. 
the kitchen wall and the spa both bath spa bath wall were all see-through Ooh, <laughs> but it's a spiritual thing right and there was a nice deck outside so i believe this is representing the greatness and the purity of the word preached and the transparency of sanctification which is showcased to the world through the bride and also, confessing sins is also uh, represented by transparency. There are lots of people out there that never confess their sins. They, they make themselves great by confessing other sins or uh, falsely accusing others of sin. Yeah, that's all they do. Confessing sins, they can't do it. Uh, I can tell you the faction cannot confess sins the demons have them in total bondage and of course unless we confess our sins he's not faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness right Mm -hmm. so i looked out through the see-through wall and there was beautiful green grass about 110 yards why 110 yards huh with beautiful trees towards the left and the right And after the grass, there was a little sand leading to uh, beautiful water. Well, Peter said, all flesh is as grass, right? It deserves to be cut. (laughs) So this uh, represents that our enemies on the outside of the wall of sanctification will be conquered. 110 represents the same thing in Psalm 110, 1 on down. A Psalm of David. The Lord saith unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Well, okay, this represents that the flesh is under our feet, right? And the Lord will send forth the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Yes. The bride will raise up uh, many by teaching the crucified life. Um, Verse 3 goes on to say, Thy people offer themselves willingly in the day of thy power in holy array, out of the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Lord has sworn, and will not repent, thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. An order is not one, and most likely not two, right? So the Lord at thy right hand will strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill the places with dead bodies. He will strike through the head in many countries. Well, this is starting as we speak. Um, By the way, the militaries of many countries are taking down the heads, just as is happening in this country. Yeah, It's overthrowing the throne of kingdoms like Haggai II spoke of in the time of the man-child. And uh, he will drink of the brook in the way, therefore will he lift up the head. Well, amen. Samson 
Sounds like Samson, right? Strong man. We were so very excited to tell David that God has answered all of our prayers about provision. And David went over to the spa and started cleaning it with a pool net in order to scoop up bits of dust and little bits of, of leaves. So, the good shepherds, uh, represented by David, always protect the water of the Word from contamination, from apostasy and worldly dirt and impurities. The wicked want these impurities because it permits them to live the way they want, which is after the flesh, right? And so they give Second Corinthians 13 and 5, uh, N-E-N-T, Test yourselves whether you are in the faith. Prove yourselves, or know ye not as to yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you be dis approved or reprobate, right? So, it, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If, if you don't have that confession, that He lives in you and through you, then you don't know the gospel. I went over and asked him why he was doing it. In other words, cleaning the pool. And he said, so it's clean for you to get into. Amen. We have to keep it clean. We have to keep it as the Word. We can't add to or take away from the Word. Amen. The good shepherds are very protective of the purity of the Word that they offer to their sheep. It's not a new Word. It's the same Word as is written. Amen. I said to him, That's kind, but you can go sit down and relax with Samuel, and I will clean it. <laughs> she said, well, we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, the Bible says, right? She said he smiled and gave me the net and went and sat on the couch with Samuel, and I cleaned the spa. Well, Tiana got the spa clean, no doubt. Um the good shepherds, by the way, don't just moralize people. They teach them how to clean up their lives through showing them what the pure water of the Word should look like and that they should be um, transparent and confess their sins. So this gives people the tools they need to work out their own salvation. And then I woke up, she said, right? And here's a, a revelation that was given to Lakeisha Watson, two three twenty three, an abundance of provision for the bride, number two. I had a dream where I was in what looked like a big warehouse that had bank tellers in it. <laughs> well, representing the Father's wonderful provision of wealth to bring in God's elect. Amen. I went to get a statement for my account, and when the lady handed it to me, I noticed it, I had about $37 billion. Woo! 
So I believe that this is God's supernatural provision for the man, child, and bride reformers and the bride worldwide. So in the dream, I remember thinking that yesterday I was thinking about how I wanted a billion dollars, but I hadn't asked God for this. In real life, I have no desire to be a billionaire. Amen, I agree. And the number 37 in, in Bible numerics means Word of God. Those who have the Word uh, manifested in them will be rich for eternity. Amen. So, in the dream, my goal was to keep the knowledge about how much money I had a secret and use it anonymously for good. That's, of course, uh Ye that are rich, be ready to distribute, the Bible says. I was planning on using it to build a personal house, a church building for UBM. Well, you know what a church building is. It's the called out ones. They are the building of God. They are the presence of God, right? And to get Brian a new truck. (laughs) And to help others in need. I remember thinking, in the dream that I would just keep my current car. And that was the end of that revelation. But in dream number two, it was a sunny day. Brian and I were looking into getting another house. We were looking at one that was multi-story and had two kitchens. Well, uh, UBM uh, was there looking at it with us. And I thought it would be a great place for a pot blessing. Amen. So I think this represents the headquarters that the angels said we would have. I remember specifically seeing Gabe and Michael and didn't think much about it. But later in real life, I think the Lord reminded me that that two of his archangels are Michael and Gabriel. And his angels watch over the affairs of UBM and the world church, right? These angels do. I asked the Lord for a verse by faith at random about these dreams and got Romans 1 and 17. For therein is revealed a righteousness of God from faith unto faith. As it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. Well, amen. So, Samuel Fire on 8-22-22 got so, and I will give the increase. Amen. My wife, Tiana, son David, and I were in a rundown suburb of a city. And I remember that there was a lot of uh, concrete structures, and we were walking along an open corridor with vacant shops on either side. Well, I think that this rundown city represents World Babylon, which is currently being destroyed politically and financially. And the new kingdom is taking their place. Well, there was only one shop operating. We walked past it and kept going because it was a news agent. 
selling papers, pens, newspapers, lotto tickets, and the like. We didn't need any of that stuff. Well, we know that the mainstream media is the last operational propaganda machine that the Babylonish beast has remaining to control the masses with, and it is ignored by the righteous. Just remember that. I tell people all the time, don't watch that stuff. This is the false prophet of the beast. I saw a lady up ahead of us, and she was excited and frantically trying to operate what looked like an ATM. Well, I believe that this woman represents the little sister of the bride in Song of Solomon 8, 8 and 9. We have a little sister. She hath no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? If she be a wall, we will build upon her a turret of silver. And if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. As we will see, uh, the bride, represented by Samuel and Tiana, will meet the needs of the rest of the elect of God with the abundant provision that is provided for the tribulation refuge. Amen. There was hardly anyone in sight. We walked closer, and I spotted some coins on the ground. It wasn't more than a few dollars in value, and I said to Tiana, Look, I found some coins. Tiana said, Ask that lady if she dropped them. I called over, I called over to the lady nearby as we all walked closer to her, and I said, are these coins we found yours? I tried to hand them to her, but she just said, No, I'm busy. <laughs> well, there's a lot of busy people out there, and you can't give them anything good, actually. Uh, right now, the little sister is trapped in apostasy and distractions and chasing after the things of the world. Um, and... Then she got a ticket out of the machine and ran off to the news agent's shop. Wow. Okay. So we see that that's the distraction, right? And I believe this represents the apostate Christians um, settle for less than God's best because they don't believe the real good news given to them in God's Word. Their doctrine limits God. Amen. So much of the church is that way because they're really not the church. Amen. Uh, then I then said, Lord, what do I do with these coins? And I felt him say, what is Caesar's give to Caesar? I said this to Tiana, and the message of Matthew 22 and 21 came to mind. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. I looked to my left and fed the coins into the machine. And this machine wasn't an ATM, but a lotto-type uh, machine, and I had no idea what I was doing. Two tickums, 
tickets randomly generated and the machine spoke out third prize and showed the value of the first ticket to be $627,835. And then the machine said grand prize and showed the value of the last ticket to be $30 million. Hmm. Wow. So, I just say, give and it'll be given unto you. That's what I think this represents. In Proverbs 13 and 22 says, The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Mm-hmm. These tickets were really long pieces of paper. And at the top, it said in bold, Do not process as cash. I told Tiana that I wanted to somehow give this away. And I also told her I want to give this third prize ticket to that lady we had seen before. Yep, because she didn't know the value of the coins, right? So the lady from before was still at the news agent shop, and we went over to her, and I said, Here, have this. She took it, but didn't say anything. Well, I think this is representative of the bride giving to the little sister mentioned earlier out of the abundance of provision from God in a time of great need and lack. Amen. Then I gave the $30 million ticket to the agent to do the transaction for us. It was deposited into our account. We walked away and wanted to know what to do with this $30 million, and while praying, we both felt to give it away. I immediately said, let's give it all to UBM. Well, the angels told us that the majority of the financial provisions for UBM would come from men being so impressed with the supernatural signs and wonders that they would heap financial gifts into our bosom. Again, that is not for self-aggrandizement. That is for the kingdom, and that is for the harvest, right? Tiana was pleased, and I felt the Lord say, So, and I will give the increase. I then checked our account and asked Tiana, should I send the 3000 that we have personally as well? She said yes, and we felt that we were being obedient to our Father. We sent it to UBM and carried on with our walk. Well, Luke 6 and 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall they give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. UBM has always given to the needs of the kingdom, and um, and we, we usually have nothing left over when we get through. <laughs> and then I woke up. Amen. Then I woke up. Well, this next one was given to Tiana, twelve nineteen twenty two. The man-child visits Abraham's restaurant. I dreamt that there were many brethren sharing a medium-sized house in the suburbs together. 
Some had their own tents in the back. Well, I think this, uh, she writes, original church living and sharing together. Amen. And let me say that the church will return to communal living in the wilderness. Acts uh, 2 and 44 says, And all that believed were together and had all things common. And as we will see, this first group represents the first fruits, man, child, reformers, and the bride. Amen. Well, she has Ephesians 2, 19-22. So then, you are no more strangers and sojourners, but are fellow citizens with the saints and of God's household, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being chief cornerstone, in whom every building, fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together into a habitation of God in the Spirit. And she said they all had their own task to take care of the place, and everyone was in unity and exercising their part and gifts in the body. Some of the women did cooking and cleaning and taking care of everyone's things, and others were always praying, and the men were praying together and getting deep into the Word. Um, and she has in parenthesis, each member is part of the body in Christ. Yes, true. First Corinthians 12 and 27. Now ye are God's body and severally members thereof, and also Romans 12, uh, 4 through 5. For even as we ha have many members in one body, but all the members have not the same office, so we the many are one body in Christ and severally members one of another. So obviously the body works good when the members um, are able to manifest their gifts given by the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's what God's calling us to. There was a very long hall that went throughout the house. At one end were all the bedrooms, and at the other end was a large lounge room, which they used for prayer, Bible studies, and fellowship. They spent most of their time here. Well, the uh, long hallway that went throughout the house represents the straight and narrow path that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 7 and 14. For narrow is the gate, and straightened the way that leadeth unto life, and few are they that find it. Well, everyone was in unity, she said, and the women all shared clothes and were meek, quiet, and gentle. Remember that. No Jezebels there. <laughs> the men always led the group and took charge, and they were all very strong, manly, mentally, and spiritually. Well, I think this represents the right order of relationship and the church governance that the first century church held in high esteem, right? And Tiana said there was a man named Timothy who was more mature in Christ than the others, although he was a young man. Well, Timothy means honoring God or 
God has honored, and he represents the man-child reformers who will establish Christ's kingdom church in these last days. And Deanna said, this group of, of brethren didn't initially have much money, but none of them worked for money. They just sought the Lord all day, every day. Well, and she puts, seek first the kingdom, and all your needs are met. Amen. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of righteousness, and righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In the days of the end, you need a supernatural provision stored up in heavenly places because you've met the needs of the brethren. They will later meet the needs of you, right? Luke 16 and 10 says, He that is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. Hmm, So those that are faithful in a little will get a chance to be faithful in much. Amen. That's a good thing. They had all their needs met, and they were all so content and happy, and they all loved living together in unity. Oh, yes. And I'll add First Timothy 6, 6-8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, for neither can we carry anything out. But having food and covering, we shall be there with content. There is no time left for distractions of life. We must be about our Father's business, uh, which is the harvest of souls. Amen. She said, I then started experiencing Timothy in the first person in this dream. He said to the group that he needed to get a medical certificate. (laughs) Now, we know that doesn't mean pharmacia, right? Okay, so uh, signed from a restaurant called Abraham's. So we're looking at a type and a shadow here, right? The sons of Abraham are those with faith. They have scriptural legal authority to heal the sick in our kingdom. The medical certificate could represent the healing anointing that will come upon the man-child reformers in order to bring revival to Abraham's seed, who will recognize their authority to speak for God um, because God confirms his word with signs and wonders. So they have the legal right. They will be proven to be the ones, right? And Abraham is the father of all who are in the true faith. Galatians 3, 6 through 9 says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness, uh, know therefore that they that are of faith the same are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then, they that are of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Amen. Do you know that most of the church knows nothing about what faith is? That it is grounded on what is said in the Word and confessed even before it's seen? They have no idea. They're not living by faith. 
And this is very displeasing to God. The righteous shall live from faith. So she said, Timothy drove to Abraham's and shared a little bit of the real good news. Mm-hmm. And everyone in there was so very intrigued and could see the light of Jesus. Timothy preached about how God provides all our needs, and he testified of seeking God's God and resting in him and trusting him with every little thing. The whole time Timothy was at Abraham's restaurant, he was manifesting the fruit of Jesus. Yes, amen. And I might add, when the anointing comes, many who are Father Abraham's seed will see the glory of God upon the man-child reformers. Timothy asked if he could pray for everyone there, and they said yes. Everyone in the building was still watching Timothy, and no one had spoken since Timothy entered the building because they were so interested in him. Well, the coming great revival will bring healing and deliverance to all of God's elect and confirm their words. Timothy then looked to everyone and lifted up his voice and thanked God for each of their lives, and he asked God for an outpouring of his grace, his mercy, and love upon them, and to give them all ears to hear and eyes to see. He asked uh, God to speak to each of them and bring them uh, all into his kingdom. Amen. They all seemed to be in agreement with his prayer, and they were in shock as they had never seen the light or presence of God before. Timothy blessed them all and left. I then saw a few years into the future, and Timothy now had three sons. Well, that's just like Noah had three sons who helped him build the first ark of refuge, right? Timothy and the brethren owned a giant amount of very green land that was separate from other towns, and they had built many buildings and houses on it. Amen. UBM will also have a refuge which is shaped in the form of an ark in the land, by earthquake fault lines, the Lord showed us. Timothy and the brethren, she said, were now financially rich because God had blessed them for seeking Him and doing His will. So the Lord provides uh, all the needs for His kingdom to be established. That's the purpose of it, not to make any individual rich. That's a problem in the church, right? Uh, and she puts Genesis 22 and 14, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Look, a great provision is coming to Mount Zion, which is the bride, a great provision. And Philippians 4:19, and my God shall supply every your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. I saw that the brethren all lived together in this refuge town that Timothy had established with the brethren. And there was an even larger number of brethren now. They were all seeking God every day, desiring His will, and they were all uh, taking care of each other. A, A good sign. Everyone that lived in the town were brethren, and they all owned it and were in unity and gave God all the glory. Amen. Amen. Timothy was reminded of the time he went to Abraham's restaurant, and he felt God wanted him to go back and testify how God provides for his children, and that in our own strength and self-works, we can't do much. But with trust and faith in God and doing His will, the impossible can be done. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? So this represents the man-child reformers going out to bring the good news of the gospel to the rest of Abraham's seed who are the faithful of God. God will show His way to His people who desire His will. If anyone is willing to do the will of the Father, he shall know of the teaching. You see, um, God is showing um, who His righteous people are. They will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. Amen? The people in the restaurant could see how much Timothy was on fire for God and hadn't physically had uh, much, but now, from seeking God, he had been blessed with his own town for Jesus. That's, that's awesome. Timothy felt that when he went back to the restaurant that many others would come join them in their refuge town to seek Jesus also. Well, I might add that many will follow the man-child reformers out into the wilderness, tribulation, and be drawn to the refuges during God's judgments. Also, they will receive training there. Amen. And then she said, I woke up. Hmm. So we reached back and grabbed a good one here. This was Life at the Refuge. It was given to Sandy Shaw. On April of 2011, that was after the uh, faction broke out and uh, crucifixion broke out. And by the way, they worked very hard to kill Sandy. They even sent a witch to her house to put a curse on her who acted like she had repented, but she hadn't. And that witch put a curse on her, but it didn't work on her. It killed her mama that day. (laughs) <laughs> and her, the thing about her mama, I said, Lord, why did you let them kill her? You know what the Lord told me? He said, because I wanted them to be guilty, and she wanted to go home. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, Sandy said, I was in a forest, wilderness, I believe is what this means. Many women were cooking, cleaning, and preparing meals. 
and off to the side women were washing clothes and others were sewing. I spoke to a younger lady and I, and I said, It's time to pray and intercede. Then we went to this place where we prayed. Many women were already there praying. Some were standing, some were kneeling, some were prostrate on the ground, interceding. Amen. It was as if everyone knew what to do and when to do it. Very smooth and orderly. When women got through with a particular job, they would then come over and pray and intercede. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Then I saw two small children, ages 9 to 10, come running from the forest, yelling, They are coming! They are coming to get us! <laughs> they were very much afraid because they had seen two ships on the water close to the refuge. I believe at this time the, the uh, continent will be broken up. That's why it's talking about water close to the refuge. We know about this. We've had many revelations about it. But it fits. And I said to them, They can't bother us or see us because we are under God's protection. Well, two men from the refuge came out and then and out then and told the kids not to worry, that all would be fine and God would protect us. Amen. Then Tiana had this revelation we called Native, one twelve twenty two. I dreamt that Samuel and I moved to a place called Many Peaks that was out in the middle of nowhere, like in the wilderness, right? In a, des in a desert place, all the ground was an orange color either sand or dirt. We know ground like that. We certainly do. The only road was a one-lane dirt road, and people drove along this road to travel to different states. You know, not everybody's going to stay in a refuge when they grow up and they've got something to do. God's going to send them out to do in certain areas of the world, many areas of the world, uh, share the gospel. Amen? The only road was that one-lane dirt road, and people drove along this road to travel to different states. Mm-hmm. There you go. Wilderness traveling here. They would be driving for a long time in this desert bush area. There were no other houses around except the one we moved into. This place wasn't really an area where people lived, but they would just drive through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes God will send you to some apparently forsaken areas to reach those people that need to be reached, right? The previous owners had used the place we moved into as a model for passers-by. Otherwise, the people would have had to sleep in their car because it would be days of driving until getting to civilization. The wilderness, right? 
The previous owners told us that they used the top right side building for themselves, and they rented the left and the bottom one for people driving through, which they said wasn't often. The owners then left us alone. Well, you know, there's a lot of missionaries out there, you know, that um, are not really able to do the job because they haven't been educated. They had an ambition to be a missionary and to go out and to do the work, but they're not qualified yet, right? So the owners then left us alone. The whole place was set up for off-grid and natural living, and there was a river nearby. Samuel and I decided that we didn't need much space, so we only lived in the building on the right, and the other three uh, were for travelers. We also didn't feel right about charging anyone for staying here, so we agreed that people could stay here for free. People of faith can do such things as that, because God will be their provider. I got to work inside uh, to prepare the wood oven, and Samuel went out hunting with a bow and arrow. I then saw everything in the Spirit. Samuel went near a bush area that had orange sand or dirt hills and was searching for food. A Native American Indian that had braids and feathers on his head came over to Samuel and he was uh, guiding a horse. Well, I think as we will see, the, the Native American represents God's elect who are entitled to the benefits of the kingdom because they are the original owners of the promised land, like the Indians were, right? They, were, they are currently uh, turned off by apostate Christianity. He is guiding his horse, representing that his beastly flesh is in submission and he's uh, looking for the truth. So Samuel introduced himself, and the Indian didn't seem happy. He knew that Samuel had moved into the motel. Samuel said something about Jesus, and the American Indian stopped him and started complaining about the previous people who owned the motel, as they confessed to be Christians but were hypocrites and it turned him away from Jesus. All right. So the previous owners of the motel represent the apostate leadership who have brought disrepute to Jesus and Christianity through their hypocrisy. Most of them are not spirit-filled people. They should have never gone. They, they were supposed to tarry in Jerusalem so they received the power of the Holy Spirit and then go, but they did not. So they didn't, couldn't show the power of God, couldn't meet the needs of the people, and don't represent the, the New Testament. Many religious people have torn everything out of the New Testament, but what makes them look good, right? So, Tiana went on, people want the truth, not ear-tickling apostate doctrines. True. Samuel was understanding and calm and apologized for the people who had misrepresented Jesus 
And he spoke about how the real Jesus is, and he spoke the word to the Indian. The man softened and opened his heart and could see the light, and he agreed with what Samuel said about Jesus, and the man suggested for them to meet up again and to discuss more about Jesus. Yes, amen. Then Samuel asked for advice for living out here and getting food, etc., and the Native American Indian gave him secrets and tips for getting food, water, and other survival techniques. The Indian also helped us with physical things, and God used Samuel to help with spiritual things. And I felt that everything would be okay. Well, many of God's elect will be reconciled to God, and the real Jesus in the wilderness tribulation, and they will also bring their gifts to the bride as in Isaiah 60, 10 through 12. And foreigners shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy upon thee. Thy gates also shall be opened continually, They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the wealth of the nations, and their kings led captive. For that nation and kingdom that will not serve thee, that is the bride, shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. And then I woke up. So, then there had, we had this one from Tiana Fire, 12, 31, 22. We called it David's School Bus Driving to Mount Zion. I dreamt that many brethren from the outreach and local UBM were all living in a really nice green area. The air was so fresh, and there were colorful gardens and beautiful trees and this beautiful river. And I remember seeing the Galchenko family and Timoshuk family. The green area is a place of refuge and safety, Tiana said. And all the brethren didn't live in houses, but they all lived off the land and slept under the stars. That's a wilderness. And although each family had their own private area, all the brethren were in unity and fellowshiped every day, and they shared all things physical and spiritual. It was like the original church of communal living. Yes, Acts 2 and 44, And all that believed together had all things common. Amen. Let me say... um. God is give, is going to give us a place to organize and to um, prepare for the great harvest and to get the great harvest out. But people are coming to the man-child like those first disciples were. They came to grow up in the knowledge of the Lord so that they were then equipped to go out and bring the harvest to others. Amen. And so we see that too here. And she said, I remember seeing David driving alone in a bus while everyone was at home.
Well, the yellow school bus with the David Manchild reformers driving represents that their gift of understanding and teaching the deeper things of the Word to all in the UBM school, right? It's a school bus. (laughs) I then had a bird's eye view of David driving from this place to the end of the river and driving along the seacoast for a while. He crossed the border into Canada and then kept driving on the east coast even though there was no road. Well, uh, we're we're not going to stop at the boundaries of America. I can guarantee you that. We already are spilling over. Thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, and your provision. In Jesus' name. Because Canada is in the north of the U.S. spiritually. Uh, this represents heading in the direction of the kingdom of God, which is described as being situated on the sides of the north. Psalm 48 and 2, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides or coasts. I'll let you know what that means. Or coasts of the north, the city of the great king. Amen. I saw him turn right for a while and then straight ahead up and down hills and around hills for a long time. Well, we must keep to the right and stay on the straight and narrow path, even though we will encounter many ups and downs on the journey to Mount Zion. He then got to a giant mountain, which he drove around to the side on the sea coast. There it is, the coast. And uh, parked the bus, and walked up the mountain. This was the place we were moving to, and it was even more beautiful than the previous place we lived. So the David Manchild Reformers are paving the way through their many trials of the ministry of Christ and the crucified life in order to rule on Mount Zion. I then saw all the brethren back at the nice green area, and we were all preparing the families for the move. We didn't have many physical items, as we were just mostly living off of the land. David came back with the bus, and we got on board. However, there were a few people that didn't want to go to the new place. So they stayed at this place. This this happens for quite a few. The first fruits and Mount Zion is not the place for all. It is the place for the people who desired it, right? Some will not want to make the journey to the top of Mount Zion, but the first fruits will continue up the mountain summit. And then I woke up. Okay, now I want to share with you Angel's Guide to Refuges. Amen. This was given to Eve Brast, 7 
It was dark outside, and it seemed like we spent the night there. Suddenly, the next morning, late in the morning, a young man with short brown hair burst through the front glass doors and braced it with open with his foot and said very excitedly, David said it's time to go to the wilderness, which is, of course, the tribulation, as we know. Uh, we... Our UBM study group all hurried out into the parking lot with the kids, and a supersonic noise got my attention. I thought it was a jet plane flying overhead, and as I looked up into the sky, there were no clouds, and the sky was blue about 11 a.m. I saw an arrow-shaped vapor trail just clearing the mall on my right, high up in the sky and flying overhead towards the left horizon. It went all the way around the world, and then I watched it come up from the horizon ahead of me, and I followed it overhead and turned around to watch it head down the horizon behind me. But it stopped 30 degrees up from the horizon and faced us. Then we realized it wasn't a jet, but an angel. He had golden curled hair and a simple white robe with a thin gold rope around his waist. He motioned with his right arm and forefinger to follow him in that direction. So we all started to walk in that direction, and then I woke up. And Eve said, the arrow-shaped vapor trail cleared the roof of the mall from the east, heading west down past the horizon around the world, and came up uh, the northern horizon and headed over our heads towards the southern horizon, and then stopped 30 degrees from the southern horizon. Our UBM group, she said, then all began to walk towards the direction of the south, following the angel. Well, our UBM group was located at that time in Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. Well, when the people of God left Egypt to go to the wilderness refuge from the beast, they went south first and then went north to their promised land. Eve said, I felt in the dream that this angel was showing multiple groups of people at the same time around the world where their refuges were. Well, let me say it was an angel of God that guided Israel into the wilderness place of safety from the beast kingdom, as in Exodus 12 and 37 and 13 and 20 and 14 and 19. And I believe God's angels will do this for UBM and saints all over the world. This way, this way, only the right people will be there in the refuge. Everybody does not need a refuge. They need the beast's crucifixion. You understand what I say? And also, there is another type of angel or messenger 
that will guide God's people to their wilderness refuge during the tribulation. Satellites are commonly called angels nowadays. Sky Angel is a satellite network. Uh, I'm sure that there's some that superseded this. This was some time back. But there is a Road Angel satellite navigation system. The military has had a program since 2004 called Autonomous Nanosatellite Guardian Evaluating Local Space, or ANGELS, to watch over the U.S. And there is also Digital Angel, which has designed microchips readable from satellite for the beast system. Well, three angels in uh, Revelation fourteen six through 9 preach the gospel. They warn of judgment and the fall of Babylon and the mark of the beast from the mid-heaven and all of this before the middle of the tribulation. So we believe the Lord would have us to use uh, satellite angels. Uh, what that's going to mean here in the future is different than it was in the past, obviously. Use satellite angels to reach the majority of the population of Earth with this same message and will guide them to the wilderness refuge. Satellites are also commonly called birds. Revelation 12 and 13 and 14 says this, And when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth... The dragon, by the way, has many meanings, but at least one of them is Satan in a body of people with seven heads and ten horns, which is the old whole uh, lost earth. And Babylon, whose god was the dragon, is in the whole lost earth and being cast down to the earth. So, and when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman that brought forth the man-child. Hmm... And there were given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle, which represents overcoming the world, that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. Amen. So, God has provided a place for the woman in the wilderness. That's part of our job. It's also part of our job to educate people so that they are ready uh, to go forth and bring that gospel to other people. That's part of our job. We're, As we've seen from the very beginning, filling the silos of Joseph to provide for those in the seven years of famine because there's going to be a famine of the Word in many ways. Uh, Much of the apostate church will be coming out from among them and going into the wilderness, and they need to know how to live in the wilderness, which is a place of scarcity, but it's a place of perfect provision from God. And people need to know that. Their leaders don't know that because they never went there and they never lived there. Moses lived in that wilderness, and God qualified him to go back and bring his people there to the mountain of God. 
And again, well, uh, Moses in our day, uh, Moses even said that in our day, there would be a prophet raised up like unto him, and that we would hearken to everything that that prophet says. And those that didn't hearken unto his voice would be destroyed from among the people. So, yes, God is preparing a provision for his people, and I think big people are beginning to see out there that uh, there's a reason for a place of refuge, uh, a need for a quiet place to be able to learn the truths of the Word of God and so that they can be preserved through the beast war against the saints uh, or at least be preserved to enter the kingdom during the war against the saints. And uh, we thank you, Father, for your great wisdom in all that you have planned. Um, we we praise you and we thank you that your provision, as according to this teaching that we shared today, is going to be complete. It's everything that the people of God need has already been prepared. And it's prepared in the wilderness, too, because they were fed out of heaven. They couldn't pack it on their backs to go out there, but they were fed out of heaven and out of the wilderness and water out of the rock and such impossible things that God loves to do for His people who trust in Him. Because there is no lack of anything that God does. It's The lack is in the faith of the people. And the murmuring and the complaining of the people who didn't even live through the wilderness is very apparent today. And many people have their eyes on the world and the worldly. And this is a major mistake. We have to get our eyes on Jesus. Yes, we can know the devil's tricks. And uh, we do point out what their plans are, which, by the way, I think will drive people to the Lord. In knowing that uh, the time is short, uh, that's being revealed everywhere, um, all over the place, the beast kingdom is being revealed and uh, replaced by another kingdom, right? But it's being revealed, and they really desperately wanted to hide this, and that's the reason for all the retaliation and all the terrorist attacks and all the uh, anarchists going forth and um, everything that the beast uh, Nazis can bring forth to try to stop this. But what they're doing is revealing to the people of God that it is those days. And revealing to the people of God it is the time of the end. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace towards us. We thank you that you have provided everything and that through faith, uh, your people will have all their provision they need and uh, to do your will. And it is your will that your people go into the wilderness and don't jump over it like some people say, uh, fly away like some people say. No, the wilderness is needed to train people in the ways of the kingdom. 
which is uh, the power of God made perfect in our weakness. The worldly church is taught how to provide for themselves, but they're not taught how to be provided for by God himself. That's the reason God brought his first church into the wilderness, to learn this, and that's the reason he's bringing this dead church into the wilderness, to receive the life of God and see the provision of God, the mighty and perfect provision of God. It will be great. Uh, Some people want to escape all of this because they think they're ready. But God is going to say, no, you're not ready. Turn and go into the wilderness. And there God will reveal himself to his people and his great power to save to his people. They are yet to discover the great power of God to save. Many of them don't believe they can, that he can save them any more than just forgiving them of their sins. That's all they preach. They don't preach you can be like Jesus, but of course that's why Jesus came, is to give us his gift. He gave it at the cross. He made reconciliation. He provided for us the life of Christ. And he took our old man and nailed him to the cross. We thank you, Father, for that, that we don't live anymore, our good confession. Uh, We don't live anymore. Christ lives in us. And that's a word of faith that everyone should learn. And uh, to see Jesus in the mirror, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, until he manifests his his, uh, righteousness in us. It's all by faith. Faith calls the things that be not as though they were, okay? And we need to walk by faith to receive these things because if you don't, you are not pleasing to God. The saints live a holy life by walking and talking their faith. Amen. So, Lord, uh, we profess that you will supply our every need according to your riches and glory. We don't have to worry about this in this world. You are there wherever we are, and you can provide water even out of the rock. Manna out of heaven, uh, you can provide. Nothing can stop you from providing for your people. I had uh, one example I shared how that me and my children were provided for, my wife were provided for, uh, when we had ran out of everything in the house. There was nothing left to cook. And I said, Lord, you sent us here, so we're asking you to provide our needs. We ask you to either fill our stomachs or fill these plates. And my kids started getting up. They kept saying, I'm not hungry. Hey, I'm not hungry. And then I realized I wasn't hungry either. God filled our stomachs. See, you you can't get anywhere where God cannot provide for you. You just can't do it. Your ticket is faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith is the substance of of the thing hoped for, while the evidence is not seen. It is the substance. You're giving God the substance to make what you need, and that substance is faith. 
Jesus said, All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received, it's past tense, them, and you shall have them. All things whatsoever, he said, believe you received them, and you shall have them. So, our God is awesome. That's the wilderness life, is to walk by faith instead of all the self-efforts to provide for self. As you saw in this revelation today, they were seeking first the kingdom of God. And still, they got their provision. Except it came out of heaven. (laughs) Not man's works, right? Salvation isn't by works. It's by faith. Amen? All right. God bless you and keep you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, we'll do this again very soon. Can quench my thirsting soul. Purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh, Jesus. Thank you.